Hi, listeners, and welcome to the Learning Podcast. In today's episode, we'll dive into entrepreneurship and more specifically how to teach it. I am pretty convinced that entrepreneurship is one of the most difficult endeavors that's out there. It seems that straightforward business skills aren't enough. A business founder also needs a whole range of other skills and qualities. They need to be creative, optimistic, but also realistic, convinced yet willing to change, introspective, mentally strong, tenacious, bias-free, data-driven, and team builders. I could go on. But the requirements, difficulties, and risks associated with entrepreneurship don't seem to affect the statistics. Today, many want to become entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurship is encouraged and celebrated, and there is more support than ever before. Entrepreneurship is much more accessible today than, say, 100 years ago, and the range of possibilities seem endless. Founding and running a business is still a way to make money, but for many, it's also a path to self-discovery and personal fulfillment. All this has made me curious about teaching entrepreneurship. How is it done in practice? Is it even possible to teach something so complex as entrepreneurship? To find out more, I've invited Andrew Hutton, CEO and co-founder of Day One, a global entrepreneurship school and community based in the US. Before starting Day One, Andrew was head of business design and chief innovation officer at Human Ventures, a venture fund and startup studio in New York City. He was also a consultant at Accenture, global IT consultancy, and an adjunct professor at Parsons School of Design in New York City. Andrew is the perfect guest for today's episode, so let's start. Hi, Andrew, and welcome to the Learning Podcast. Anna, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. I'm really excited to dive in. What would you say is unique and difficult about teaching entrepreneurship? I love this question. I think so much about this that, you know, in some ways I might be so close to teaching entrepreneurship that it doesn't always feel uh, hard or challenging or maybe even unique. But when I stepped back as we were preparing, so much came to mind. And these are things that I think are really exciting about anyone who's diving into entrepreneurship, biting off these, these new, um, these new ways of learning. So let me, let me focus in on three things, and then we can dive in and go where the conversation takes us. But the first is that I found this time and time again, that in teaching entrepreneurship, it's so different than what somebody really almost every single person has learned, whether it's through their years in primary and secondary education in college, or often through their work and their job there's so much that needs to be unlearned. So if I'm teaching entrepreneurship, I'm constantly un, uh, unwinding bad habits and different modes of thinking that are almost certain, almost at odds with the ways of thinking and doing that um, become almost ingrained in how most professionals operate. So that's thing one, that we really have a lot of unbundling and unwinding to do when it comes to mindsets and how people show up and do the thing and even learn the specifics of what it takes to be an entrepreneur. So that's thing one. Um, thing two, uh, I think is really related to that, that the nature of, of, of learning entrepreneurship, 
uh, is highly experimental. So um, of all the subjects that we learn and go through and the ways that we learn them, most of them are just learning facts or learning processes, you know, a mathematical process, an accounting process, um, and then we just execute it, right? And all we do is pattern match our way through through life <laughs> to overly simplify how, how, how work happens. But there is one process that you learn that's very different than that, and it's the scientific method. The scientific method is, is, is the difference. And so if you're a scientist, you might actually have an easier time learning entrepreneurship, but entrepreneurship is experimental to its core. You are putting something new into the world that almost by definition isn't, can't, it, it's not obvious it's going to work. If it was, it would already exist and someone would have already done it and they would have already done it a lot. So you're taking risk. You're putting things out there that are uncertain and living in that uncertainty and operating through those launches, shipping, putting things out there, that is uh, scary for people. It's an entirely new way of operating that, uh, that's at the core of entrepreneurship. And so getting people to do those things requires just so many new motions and so many um, almost new mindsets for how to, to um, yeah, go about the, the, the business that they're doing, which in this case is entrepreneurship. Uh, so then the third thing, which comes back to maybe a little bit more of like why it's so hard to teach entrepreneurship is that all of the things that I might teach you around, you know, talking to customers or finding that product market fit is something we talk a lot about where the thing you're selling reaches your customer and they just get it, right? Um, people in the industry, entrepreneurs and investors and, and such have a hard time describing that idea. And um, it goes to the point that so much of what it takes to be an entrepreneur, um, I can explain it decently well, but you have to feel it and experience it to really understand it, right? No amount of book education or case studies is really going to um, explain what it's like to talk to a customer and have that aha moment shoot off in your brain where you see something fresh that no one else is seeing and it becomes an opportunity for a new business. You can't understand it. I can tell you that. I just did, <laughs> right? Um, I can give you all the tools how to do that. But until you've had that happen, you won't know that's how I get to that moment. And that's that moment that is what the essence of entrepreneurship. So you have to feel it. And if I keep pulling on that string of how you have to feel things, you have to experience them, which means you have to do them. You have to do them before you're ready <laughs> to learn the things. It's a catch-22 that we have to break through. To learn entrepreneurship is to do entrepreneurship and to do entrepreneurship is to learn entrepreneurship, right? And to then know how to do it again and how to do it better and to go up that learning curve. So at the bottom of it all, there's a lot of doing. Um, there's a good amount of bravery involved. Um, I don't know many subjects where you have to be courageous to learn the subject, <laughs> right? Showing up to accounting class or history class. <laughs> doesn't sound, it's not correct. I don't know. I, I don't think that's the case. But showing up to entrepreneurship class, if you're going to get anything out of it, you're going to have to put yourself out there, be brave, do things that you're not ready to do, because only by doing that are you going to actually learn what you need to learn. So I think all three of those points really do kind of come together, right? That is not the way that we've been taught anything. And that's not how we've navigated life. That's not how we've navigated school or work. The experimental phase, you're going to fail, you're going to try things that aren't going to work. And to get people to do those things requires that bravery and it requires them putting themselves out there and then experiencing the stuff so that they can 
actually get it and learn it and do it again. So that's that's the core of on, on, entrepreneurial education, and uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun <laughs> when you get into it. Yeah. So I, I love the, the the second point there, the parallel with with a scientific method, or I think that's something you don't often hear how scientists or those trained in the scientific method. I've had the pleasure. I've had the pleasure of having a few scientist friends and I love just asking them, what was your day? Like how, what did you do in science today? Because it's not like anything I do at my, at my day job, you know, it's, it's, it actually sometimes it's very rote. It's experiments. It's, you know, setting up instruments, but all towards this big thing, which is like, it's unknown and we're generating knowledge. And um, yeah, it's, uh, we should all be friends with scientists. That's my conclusion. <laughs> I totally agree. Scientists are fun to be around. So what is your approach to, to teaching entrepreneurship uh, at day one? Yeah, we've, we've, we've always built day one as um, a little bit or a lot of bit of a school, right? We think that, most schools don't teach entrepreneurship really well because they're structured in this old model, right? They're structured around tests and they have to get knowledge out, right? Um, it's it's really hard to structure a course, whether it's in high school or college or anywhere, where it's quite possible that everyone fails at the thing they're doing. But by doing it and failing, they're succeeding, right? And so we don't have any of those constraints at day one. We can think about educating and helping an entrepreneur learn what they need to learn without any, any of these constraints. So we've baked a lot of those principles that I described into the different programs we run at day one, into the community that we've, that we've created at day one. A big thing is that it's, it's, it's one of our principles um, that you have to learn by doing. And so everything about our, whether it's teaching, in you know, expositing, these are the steps and this is how you do it to um, bringing in guest speakers who provide the motivation and they show that it can be done. And, you know, this is what you can look like and feel like at the other side of it to creating a very safe space, whether it's small groups or just the entire environment where talking about a thing that didn't quite work out is very okay. All these pieces are, are designed to help you just get doing anything <laughs> ship the thing do the work step out and get it done and so you know some of the stuff we do looks like what you'd expect a workshop here a guest speaker there content to read but we ladder it all the way up to giving people that push and and then celebrating it not when it like works but when they do it right and so we um just like infuse these principles into all the different touch points of what we're doing and how we teach the stuff. I'd say another thing that kind of comes home and, and is really um, influential to what we do is, like I said, it's it's that, almost that emotional side of things, right? There's something about teaching entrepreneurship that is um, not black and white. You can't write it down on a page. It's how someone feels. And so if somebody leaves a session, so we just did a session yesterday with one of my friends who is um, um, a, a, what I would call a successful entrepreneur, even though she's in the very, she's in the middle, right? She hasn't sold her business yet. She's, you know, raised money. She's raising more money, but she is pivoting. She's doing all the things, uh, but she brings such an energy and such a clarity of what she's done and how she's gotten to where she is that 
I can look around a room and see people um, soaking it in. And it's not about the content per se, even though the content actually is really good. It's about what it looks like to see her and be like her and, and, ha- and soak her energy and bring that energy into what you're doing or what these fellows are doing. And so there's so much of the emotional side of things that is that is important to assess. So whether it's the motivation side of things, whether it's the safety side of things, whether it's the when you do inevitably try and fail, somebody is right there to catch you and be a shoulder to cry on, um, reframe it so it doesn't, you know, failure is definitely not fatal, right? And then talk you back into it and then keep going, right? And so, so much of that means like... <laughs> You know, I, I, I guess a good college, you know, a good university has some of those aspects. They have that um, guidance counselor, perhaps, right? They have the person yeah. who's who's not academic, but is there, right? Maybe it's the RA at a dorm in a college, right? Like all the other things that sort of knit together the experience. In our world, that knitting together isn't like a residential college experience. It's the all the things that like that get in the way of somebody just taking that next step and staying in the game and going after it. So yeah, those um, are at least two of the ways that we think about like applying some of these principles into day one. And, you know, there's probably a lot more. It's it's a very multifaceted situation, but, um, but I think it, uh, yeah, it all has to kind of look a little different than any sort of traditional education. I'm curious about, um, merging the two aspects of a need for you know learning how to develop and run a business because there are certain let's call them technical skills that you will need in order to navigate the market you're in uh, or you know the the the, problem, the the products that you need to uh, to develop etc etc et uh, and then you touched a already on the need, of course, to create something new that's not yet out there when you're you're creating a successful business. And you need to break the rules somehow or some rules, in some cases, a big rule. (laughs) In some cases, uh, there's a small tweak. Uh, But still, there's a need to to, uh, do something new. Um, How do you... I imagine that must be difficult to balance and merge these two almost conflicting aspects when teaching entrepreneurs. Uh, have you seen and dealt yeah. with this? When you ask it that way, it's obvious they're very separate and almost competing interests. I think almost how I preface, you know, jumping in here, if they 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 happen all together all the time, right? And you know, when I take them separately, I can just speak to the importance of each, right? The idea that Yes, if 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 you're an entrepreneur and you kind of don't know anything, <laughs> but you have just like in like a massive, you know, you know, you want to take a huge risk and a huge swing and a huge shot, I'll look at you and likely probably say you're, you know, <laughs> let's go shore up what you don't know, right? You are not setting yourself up for success, right? Um, but then the other side is super is is equally true, right? Some somebody could have, you know, this deep knowledge, but none of the, um, and it's not that they would lack creativity or they might lack, um, it's just none of the gumption creativity to reorient things into a way that creates that newness, right? That new thing, that new offering, that new product service. It's so multifaceted because even if you 
you know, somebody who has this deep knowledge could almost certainly can uh, conceive of the new thing, but it's all those other, you know, breaking through the fear, the bravery, the courage to start, to build the momentum, to stay with it when it's not working initially, which it won't be. Right. So I can, I, I've, I can, I've always, I've seen both sides and in either side, generally you, you really can't live on either side, right? You have to be living in the middle. Um, and the, and frankly, the best founders both live in the middle and have them to the nth degree where I love working with entrepreneurs who show up and know their stuff. And it's in, in the world of entrepreneurship, we probably underplay that a little too much where, you know, we kind of give credence to the ability that like, you know, in the, you and your dorm room in college without much life experience can go build a business. Technically, yeah, true, right? Yes. But man, I love it when somebody shows up and they're just an expert, not just in their domain, but in the craft of building a business. Um, but then they're not going anywhere if they don't also bring with it that entrepreneurial layer of the risk acceptance and the, you know, getting the ball going and building that momentum to power through the, the mistakes, all those things. So it's, it's maybe just a way to say, you know, when you bring them up together, like, you know, again, unlike maybe many other subjects, you're living in this duality with entrepreneurship, right? That you, you absolutely need to bring both together. Now, I, I guess one thing I can pull back and think about just while, while we're still on the subject is the fact that you might ask, well, how do you go get that deep knowledge, <laughs> right? If, um, if you don't, how do you get the knowledge? If to get the knowledge, you have to go do the thing, like I said, kind of laid out earlier, right? It's, it's, there's that paradox of you don't know the things unless you've done the things. So there is a hack and the hack is to go down a career, learn quite a bit, right? In an industry, um, soak up what you can from, from everybody, both like the kind of traditional path, perhaps of what it looks like to go really deep into healthcare or go really deep into, you know, software, whatever it might be, while perhaps cultivating the other side um, without maybe, maybe without putting it into practice, maybe leaving it latent until you do shoot your shot. But really there is this, this underlying motion of, you know, the fastest way to get really smart about an, an industry or an area or a sector or a problem and the fastest way to learn entrepreneurship is to, in some ways, turn your brain off and go do it. <laughs> Recognizing that you're probably going to fail pretty spectacularly. Um, you're going to fail your way forward. You're going to fail up the learning curve. And on the other side of it, you're going to be able to do it so much better the next time. And so, and sometimes actually, when I put that on the table, I, there's, a, there's a founder that I've been working with in day one who we're talking about ideas, we're talking about jumping into, you know, you know, tackling a problem. And one of the frames I'm putting on him is like, it does not matter if this is a good idea or a bad idea. Let's stop analyzing the idea right now. Let's just do the thing so that you can do the thing and experience it. And then on the other side of it, you'll have felt what it's like to find that aha moment in customer discovery. You'll have felt what it's like to translate those things into good product ideas and maybe even get a sale right to make your first dollar you'll have felt all those things and now you'll know what those are like when you do it again you'll be on that other side so there's something to be said for that serial nature of entrepreneurship where reps are maybe the only way to get it done right mm -hmm. and so 
yeah, duality for sure. Mm -hmm. And maybe just get some experience, get some reps in. Mm -hmm. Interesting to hear you you talk about the the entrepreneurs you've worked with that are knowledgeable and and you know because it clashes with the stereotype I think the the um, the young guys in the garage yeah yeah uh, they get enough uh, airtime right so it's definitely a stereotype it's definitely you know you know and it's enough of a you know, there's enough credence to the fact that between Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs or whomever, right? They do, it does create these outlier businesses, right? But they're almost certainly so outlier in the fact that the vast majority of successful entrepreneurs um, really knew quite a bit um, and they're just doing something boring, unsexy, and they're just, you know, cranking away in a domain that they know a lot about that never gets press, right? Mm -hmm. Um and and yeah it's it's we like to the media does not this is an aside it's not necessarily about learning entrepreneurship but i think we're all clouded with how the media has dealt with entrepreneurship over the last decade or so you know as it became very very cool to be an entrepreneur as tv put it in a certain light um and i think there's a lot of unwinding of that as well when it comes to like what it's really like um on the ground yeah so to our listeners, if you're more mature and you're, you know, you're more experienced and you're hesitating, uh, entrepreneurship is also for you. Don't. Yeah. Don't hesitate. <laughs> take, take your well of experience and get yourself over the hump. Right. <laughs> get, that, get that other side going and you will be formidable. Yeah. So, uh, you hear often that that entrepreneurs they they need to be passionate about the problems they're solving and and the customers they they want to serve. Um, I don't know. Maybe, perhaps it's my upbringing in Scandinavia, which is a culture that tends to not use strong positive words like passion uh, as much as in the U.S. Say, um, but in any case, um, I'm more interested in business founders personal journeys and how they can find and leverage their beliefs and personal values when building a new business. Yeah. I mean, we almost certainly, you know, maybe this was, that was a good segue because we absolutely overuse the word <laughs> in the U S in terms of, you know, just go after what you're passionate about, you know, you can do whatever you want to do sort of thing. But one of the things that this does bring up for me when I think about teaching entrepreneurship and learning entrepreneurship is Again, unlike learning history and math and whatever, there's a lot of personal discovery that goes into learning entrepreneurship. It's more to say there's a lot of personal discovery that goes into doing entrepreneurship, which again, you might be saying that doing and learning entrepreneurship are one and the same. But to, to, to go on an entrepreneurial journey to build something absolutely requires you to uh you know, start at home and understand what are you good at? What are your passions? What are you interested in? Those things and learning those about yourself and learning how to be comfortable asking yourself and answering those questions for yourself, right? Doing things you might learn in a psychology class even, right? On your, for and around yourself um, will absolutely impact your journey. And if you don't do them or you do them poorly, there's a very good likelihood that your business fails for no other reason than you don't care about it anymore or you burn out and, or you bite, bite off something that you have no business going after because you weren't self-aware of what your skills are, 
right? And so whether you call that learning or again, there's so much of doing in entrepreneurship or just going through self-work, self-understanding, it's part and parcel to the journey. And that's, so what I just described is, is, is just the beginning, doing the work to pick a direction that's right. Along the way, you are gonna face so much uncertainty, so much rejection, so many interpersonal conflicts. And if you also aren't doing the work to understand how to you know, avoid the burnout, um, understand why you react in ways you react, how to work with the people you're working with, you're probably not going to make it, right? And so if I was, again, trying to create a super soldier of entrepreneurship, right? If I was trying to you know, do some like Marvel Avengers thing and create the best entrepreneur of all time, they would absolutely be self-aware and like almost have their own PhD in psychology and able to, you know, use it on themselves, right? Without getting too much in their head, right? You should be very self-aware. The most self-aware person you know, um, that's a superpower to being an entrepreneur. And so how you go how you get there and learn that yourself is just an extra thing to add into what it means to learn entrepreneurship. So yeah, it's multifaceted. It, it, breaking through doing things and breaking through your fear is just one element to the kind of bigger emotional kind of personal work that definitely is, is, is kind of part and parcel of going up an entrepreneurial learning curve and, mm-hmm. and on an entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. I, I just realized that, uh, I, you know, I listened to entrepreneur famous or successful entrepreneurs say in podcasts and, and, um, the best ones, they they often, you know, come across as very, very confident people up to a point which is sometimes a little annoying. But I, I think that it probably comes from the fact that they have worked through their their personal beliefs and values uh, and then iterated and tried and then kind of learned the craft by doing Um yeah. I've never quite thought of that, but you're probably right. The alternative is that they're just the other end. They're unaware and so self-confident that in ways they shouldn't be, which yeah. I'll tell you, you're going to meet those entrepreneurs as well, right? Um, and perhaps through the microphone of a podcast, you can't really tell <laughs> if a if a founder is is rightly confident or wrongly confident. But you're right. If 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 unless you are, so. Here's how I like that thought, that premise. The way I'll speak it to the audience is <laughs> unless you are a already overly self-confident person, let's say you're somewhere in the middle, like most of us, don't try to be that. Try to be the other thing. Try to work your way to a strong sense of self and conviction so that you can feel confident from a very healthy place <laughs> um, versus masquerading and and, and being un, unhealthily self, self-confident. But you're right. Confidence like matters quite a bit <laughs> however you get there you should be confident you almost need it to your point right i There's like that yeah that. makes sense <laughs> so uh, uh what kind of tools do you do you have or make use of um to understand and navigate per- personal reflection or to help founders understand and navigate personal reflection and development yeah we've we've worked up a whole mod like a module that is is you know it's not that much if you when i like unpack it it takes me 30 minutes to to teach it if you will but um you know we we just like most people have never even been asked to consider these things right so 
like many things, it's about putting it in the curriculum and ordering it so that they have time and space to do it and saying, this is important. I think it's important for you. And then giving them enough of the tools to do it and then giving them a space to reflect and talk and, and have that out. Right. So um, we, and I mean, in some ways we just, it's, it's like, we just talk about it. We just do it. And, and that's that earlier thing of figuring out enough about yourself to start in on the right idea. Um, along the way, you know, when it comes to like, how do you handle the rejection? Are you an overthinker or an underthinker? Like all those different other kind of personal personality quirks that are going to, you know, that you're going to have to work through. The, the only real way to work those out is in something of a coaching relationship, right? There's really no other way to, you know, even if you read every self-help book, right? I don't think you'd get on the other side of it. You have to have somebody see it, talk about it, give you a space, call you out, give you things to try, things to, to do from a new perspective. And so we do bake that into a lot of day one, right? Like if I could give, if I could have, if I could find a way to make every entrepreneur have a coach, I would. It's just, it's just the best thing. Just, just like any high performance thing that, that you're doing, whether it's like sports, sports is like a good analogy, right? Like ultimately every single professional has multiple coaches, right? And whether you know it or not, almost every successful entrepreneur has had multiple coaches. They get to that point where they recognize it's worth investing in themselves, right? Um, we recognize that most early stage entrepreneurs, it's maybe not a fit or, or it's it's tough to, to get that done, but it's one of the most important things that could happen, right? Just to keep you regulated <laughs> and talking through things and, and whatnot. So um, that's, that's also baked into what we think about and do at day one, right? It's as much as it's a school, it's a community and we operate as coaches essentially. And um, it's a, that's pretty much the only place and way to, to unpack these things. So again, learning entrepreneurship is like borderline going to therapy <laughs> and working on yourself while you learn entrepreneurship. So definitely not like math or history. I don't know. I mean, maybe people have to go, go to therapy to learn history, but, um, probably not, not as much. Yeah. So, so going back to the need for, for doing in order to learn or learning by doing, you know, and how it involves moving fast, you know, failing, being rejected um, in order to learn and then adjust and trying again, etc. Uh, how, how do you normalize that cycle uh, so yeah. that it becomes, you know, because no one likes being rejected, right, or failing. Yeah. It's, it's uh, deep into the human absolutely you don't want to get rejected on the savannah right, and get so, eaten by a lion yeah absolutely so rather than wearing out the person how do you how do you turn that into experiences that that build yeah good good way to say it um you're right it's it's one thing to just say this is how you get better right but obviously if somebody you know just hearing that doesn't necessarily convince somebody to do the thing that their body is rejecting right which is to go get punched in the face get told no right um one of the I, I have two ways i think about this one is um if I, if I can create a sandbox for somebody like I, I mentioned earlier um that i've done with one of my coaches essentially is that i'll say like this isn't about succeeding like let's just do this thing right and um so i'm not just saying do it to do it i'm creating a space to say we're gonna do the steps 
And along the way, I'm essentially lowering the stakes, right? There's no stakes here. This is all to feel it out, right? Um, and then holding someone's hand through it, right? I think that's it, holding their hand through it so that along the way, what I know will happen is you'll, you'll feel a little like, They'll, they'll hit some rejections, but they'll also feel the up moments, right? When they have a customer breakthrough, when they hear an aha. And I'm like, okay, so now we anchor on good. We kind of soften the bad and we we get it done, right? The other use case that often happens is somebody doesn't have the time or space to like take a practice go at it, if you will, right? And they're just building the thing they're building or they're working on the thing they're working on. And in that case, it's about taking like the micro moments, right? And just trying to get them through each step again to hopefully feel a high and to mitigate the low. So it's like, all right, we're going to talk to customers. You know, sometimes it's setting goals and just holding their hands to the fire, right? Sometimes it's um, working through why they're they're afraid, right? But really, I don't have the best answer to say like they just have. We have to get them to do it, right? So whether it's by you know, carrot or the stick or just constant repetition, getting them to feel it that like failure isn't fatal. And there's also like some real awesome rushes from doing this is, is, is the whole game, right? It's getting somebody to get, honestly, if I could get you addicted to the little rush of having like that customer aha, right? It would, it would do a good job of counteracting that other natural urge of, of, I don't want to get punched in the face, right? But maybe you'll you'll risk getting punched in the face a few times if if you know what it feels like for somebody to pay you for your products. Feels good. <laughs> feels good to make money in a way that didn't exist yesterday, right? Um, in a way that just is a pure exchange of value. So um, again, it it's it's a circular. I'm saying, how do you get people through it? You get them to feel it, right? Um, but knowing that there's a lot of good things, I think, is an important call out, right? And all the things you want are on the other side of, of those feelings. So I imagine that that quite a few founders or, or people who try entrepreneurship, they, for whatever reason, they they decide to return to being employees again. Mm-hmm. You, you, you probably meet some of those. Um, what are some of the skills and insights that they can bring to to a large and mature corporation, say? Yeah. Uh, and how can they leverage those in corporate roles? I guess that that is about bringing their learnings back into the corporate ro- world. Yes, yes. Um, even just to like repeat the, fr- it's not just that it happens, it's almost definitional, like very, very, like, some infinitesimally small percentage of businesses will be your life's work, <laughs> right? You're going to either fail or you're going to succeed and you're going to have a job again. And I think one, normalizing that as the route of uh, the journey of entrepreneurship is that kind of cycle. Sometimes it's on your own and you're eating what you kill. And sometimes you're in an organization. And then in our current world, a lot of times it's in between, right? You freelance here, you side hustle there, whatever it might be, right? So I think entrepreneurial skills are one of the last that will get automated away with artificial intelligence. And um, what I mean by that is the core skill of an entrepreneur is identifying a non-obvious opportunity. And this is where if AI can figure out these opportunities as good as an entrepreneur, we are done. <laughs> we should all just go sit on a beach and let the entrepreneurs create a utopia or the, the AI create a utopia. 
But at its essence, entrepreneurship is seeing the matrix, seeing the data points, right? Seeing how an industry works today, seeing how customers don't like it, seeing how you can take this thing from here and that thing from there, recreate value, get capital from here, find a team from there. Seeing that and getting started and putting those pieces step-by-step step together to get to this ultimate you know, revenue profit generating business, right? Uh, big companies want and desire that, maybe not in every role. I don't think closing the books requires that every month, right? But even so, closing the books by taking something here, doing a little better there, taking a little, could be done better, right? And so, you know, my backgrounds, um, both from Parsons and from Accenture, was basically around this concept of innovation. And it's super buzzwordy, right? but it's just new ways to do things. And as a consultant, you work within existing organizations, you work with their processes and you make them better and you work with their organizations and you make them better and their software and technology and you make them better. And it's all about just pulling things like that, seeing the opportunities that they can't see, right? And so inside every organization, you absolutely need to do those things. Um, along the way, you learn how to build consensus, you learn how to sell, you learn how to be a pirate when it matters and just do things and get the data and show others that they should do it the same way, even though they didn't agree at first. Um, I think entrepreneurs have just superpowers inside of organizations, right? Especially if they've unlearned enough things and kind of come here the, at the very bottom of it, the way an entrepreneur operates when they're in the wild, on their own, surviving, the pace at which they start to move and the decisions they make and the opportunities they see and how they execute on those, when put into another environment, there's almost certainly going to be like some gears, <laughs> you know, grading, right? And then entre entrepreneurs often find themselves like, oh, I don't like this. This isn't like what I, what I, this isn't the same environment I had. Well, duh, it's not the same environment. But if you can find a way to, as an entrepreneur, to go into an organization and, you know, have enough, you know, grease on these gears such that it doesn't grate, but you are moving at a different clock speed. And that's a huge advantage. Um, you're gonna look to all the people that are looking down, right? Like you're the fastest person doing stuff, right? So I think about like the next time I'm in a corporation and I'm like salivating <laughs> at the opportunity to just do stuff, right? And just go um, in different environments, right? And, and collaborate in different ways and all these things. So yeah, I think, uh, so many like like taking an entrepreneurial journey is probably like a really fun way to level up your corporate career in whichever avenue you're in right just like step outside do it differently rewire your brain come back in and then go go ham you know like just do it so i i i think yeah i think there's a lot that entrepreneurs can bring it back into their old roles or new organizations and and really add a ton of value. I think so too. Thank you, Andrew, for coming on coming on the show. I have this is so uh, fun. Loved this conversation. I learned a lot, and it made me think uh, uh, even more deeply about entrepreneurship and the teaching of uh, complex matters in general. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I I feel like my brain is buzzing. Maybe there's a part two. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> So we have one more uh, thing, though, to to um, to do before we end, and this is that we're going to you and I 
we're going to workshop um, uh, a question or a problem with some connection to today's topic. So the goal is to formulate a question or a problem here. Okay. And uh, we're going to time box this. Okay. Add three minutes. And as the host, I'm I'm getting to uh, kick this off. Um, I was thinking, you know, in schools today, I don't know if if entrepreneurship or components of entrepreneurships are taught in school, but since entrepreneurship is is somehow related to playing, mm-hmm. I thought that um, is there anything that schools could should look at or do differently? that could help kids discover maybe not entrepreneurship when they're kids, but right. at least get access to, to some of that mindset that's needed. I, I love that premise. There is a body of work that I'm not deeply immersed in that is entrepreneurial learning. And I know that was almost the topic today, entrepreneurial learning, but as a practitioner, I talk about teaching entrepreneurship, but what you described at the, you know, even primary grade school level, entrepreneurial learning, play-based, all the things that I described, experimental-based, right? Trying new things. Um, I think about the learning that you do, right? Whether it's like, like you said, the countries in Africa or the history of the Civil War or whatever it might be, right? What's the goal? The goal is to give you the tools to like find your place in society, to know enough about history and geography and, and math to you know, do math at the grocery store and know where fruits come from and whatever it is, right? It's like functioning Mm -hmm. members of the world, of society. Set you up for life. Set you up for life. Entrepreneurship absolutely is a way to set someone up for life. And it's a different way of thinking, right? You do social studies to learn how how different people groups have worked and lived and, you know, history together. You learn math for a different reason. I think you should learn entrepreneurship for that sense of, I can generate new knowledge. It's really the scientific method. The fact that you don't really learn the scientific method, even in science class, you learn more of like the data points, like here's the elements Mm -hmm. in the periodic table. You learn the history of things. You learn the computations of moles, number, whatever, right? Um, But you don't learn how to create new knowledge because that's reserved for like PhDs, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's rightfully so, right? but entrepreneurship, you're not dealing with like quantum physics. You're dealing with like how to sell toilet paper better. And you don't have to be a PhD to do that. So I love the premise of how do you teach a sixth grader entrepreneurship? Entrepreneurial, how do you infuse entrepreneurial learning into, into grade school, primary school? Um, actually, I know we're over time because I heard your, your, your beep, but exactly, uh, maybe we're close yeah. to it. <laughs> but I, I, I remember in my, I, it was must have been fifth, sixth, seventh grade or something. We did an invention convention and you did have to invent something. And in hindsight, they were, they were all universally terrible <laughs> inventions, <laughs> but they were all little mixes of combining. I don't remember what I did. I do remember what I did. I created a, a light that had a timer so that if you were reading at night, you could set it for 15 minutes and it would clock off. Terrible use case, terrible problem. <laughs> Not even a real problem. <laughs> but imagine right. you fell asleep before before you turned off your light. I was trying to solve that problem, right? Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, I think one would need more than three minutes for this. But how about we we ask us, I think that, um, you know, the question of how 
the elements of entrepreneurship could be taught in school. Absolutely. Or, I love or be that question. In, be integrated in a way that kind of enhances education. Yeah, Kids invention education. convention. Uh, I don't even know, right? Like, yeah. I, I wish and, we had more of it because it obviously didn't stick. I didn't become an entrepreneur until my like late 20s, <laughs> even though I did that when I was 10, right? Yeah. I, I wish yeah. we had done more of that. I mean, some start with selling lemonades on the, uh, you know, uh, yep. on the porch. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, Girl Scout cookies. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. You, you um, see some of that. But uh, so I'm not sure. Maybe there are schools that. Um, well, I think it happens teach... in these tiny little spots. Girl Scout cookies, selling wrapping paper, all these things that don't get, to be fair, I know this is way over time, but to bring it back to what we do, they they don't do the 360 thing why why does somebody not very good or hesitate to sell girl scout cookies it's that like emotional work it's scary right but uh, mm -hmm. but one percent of the kids are just freaking awesome at it <laughs> and and you know they're going to grow up to be salespeople or founders right because they have are shameless and they'll sell 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 right mm -hmm. the 99 percent who don't have that naturally can still go do it absolutely right they just need to be handheld and taught and guided and that's that's yeah. where entrepreneurial curriculum come in. So, okay. so let's see. Maybe in a future episode, I uh, can uh, can talk to somebody who knows more about this. Who knows? Absolutely. That's I, that would be a lot of fun. I'd listen to that. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who listened, and uh, thank you, Andrew, again for for being. Thanks here. for having me. A lot of fun. Bye, everyone. Wow, I'm leaving this episode with so many insights into what it means to teach and learn entrepreneurship. I thought one highlight was that it requires being brave and comfortable with failure and that you need to think and experiment like a scientist. And as I already knew, being young and working out of your garage isn't necessary. In fact, experience and knowing your stuff is more important. That's it for this episode of The Learning Podcast with today's guest, Andrew Hutton, co-founder and CEO of Day One. My name is Anna Daring. And I'm the host and producer of The Learning Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening and that you'll tune in again. Bye for now.